Welcome to the PMC Podcast. Join myself, Josh Schwarzentrooper, and my co-host, Nate Raber, every Friday as we dive into different biblical topics, hear testimonies of those in the faith, and highlight local ministries. Each week, we'll dig into the Word and let it guide our discussion. Find us on Apple, Spotify, and our social media pages, Facebook and Twitter, at PMC Podcast. Hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the PMC Podcast. I'm Josh Schwarzentrooper. Joined by Nate Raver. And we are here on the PMC Podcast and kind of in our new studio today. We uh, have came a long way from the recording on the cell phone, Nate. We, uh, we're pretty legit now. We got some mics, a mixer, spent a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, this is going to be fun. We're going to be able to bring a lot more people on. Uh, hopefully be able to, to interview people on the phone and, and, and do a lot more of community outreach instead of just me and you talking all the time. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that we wanted to talk about here a little bit on our on, the, on this episode was just to kind of bring um, kind of our goal and uh, what we were wanting to do here on the podcast. And uh, like I said, uh, Nate and I have been doing this for, man, it's been a couple months now, I think. Maybe. We started in the summer. We in the summer. When we did our apologetic series. Yes. Probably June. Probably June-ish. So, yeah, it's been a lot longer than that. So, um, and we usually record, you know, about once a week and post that on Friday and uh, talk about different different topics and different things like that. We were kind of just focusing here at Providence on some different sermons series that we were doing. But then uh, as Nate and I um, have been talking and praying and different things like that, um, both of us have a heart for ministry and uh, just getting the word out and just sharing that word with so many people. So we want to kind of expand a little bit from uh, just a Providence thing and make this more locally. And uh, one way that we're going to do that is um, highlight different ministries. Uh, we're still going to be talking about different topics. Uh, we kind of have a month. Uh, each month we're going to have a different topic that we talk about. And uh, we'll be bringing on different guests throughout that, um, names that you guys are familiar with. And then also we're going to be uh, kind of focusing on some local ministries, uh, bringing in different pastors from different churches, um, different ministry leaders, uh, all those great different things. So um, if you guys ever have any ideas, uh, you can let Nate and I know. Uh, we do have a Twitter and Facebook page that you can follow us on. And uh, give us some ideas of some topics that you would want us to discuss, some people that you uh, may want us to interview and talk to, or if you yourself want to just come on here and uh, and just kind of share how God has worked in your life, we would be uh, great to think with that. Nate, do you think anything else? Uh, maybe just kind of your heart behind it? And Yeah, I mean, we started this, like I said, when Providence started the um, apologetics series, and, and so we kind of just expounded and, and had a conversation about the apologetics um, is the is the Bible um, is the Bible true are there other ways to, to heaven is Jesus the only way are the other religions true all those mm -hmm. all those that we did and then it just kind of you know that was kind of the the beginning seed and then when the summer series was over we kind of decided just we enjoy doing this and so, yeah and so we we decided just to keep doing this along with um, in, in the first John series that, that Providence is going through. But like you said, uh, trying to expand and, and we're not doing this, you know, so we can have a million listeners or whatever, you know, we, we've said it a million times. If, if nobody listens, that's fine. It's just me and you get to talk. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, if we can expand outside of Providence, you know, I know a few people <coughs> that listen that don't go to Providence. Mm -hmm. And so if we can, if we can kind of, you know, branch out a little bit um, and, and, and to, like you said, highlight local ministries, um, 
how and, and, and try to get people involved in in those ministries try to get people involved in the church that's what our goal is here is to, is to try to you know bring more people to Christ and, and, and encourage and mature more people um, if they choose to listen to us absolutely and uh, one thing we are looking forward to and like you said you know We've spent some money here on uh, some different things. We are looking for some sponsors. If anybody would want to sponsor, um, you know, we're looking at T-shirts and, uh, and different things like that. But uh, we're overall just looking for different ministry opportunities. And um, we, we are excited to see how God is going to grow this ministry and do this thing. Um, you know, I do have, we do have this new mixer that allows us to do all sorts of stuff. Um, I've got soundboard buttons over here, Nate, which Nate has told me not to push during the podcast, but uh, I think I'm going to push them anyways. Boom. Yikes. So <laughs> so we're going to have fun here and uh, talk about different things like that. But Nate, one thing, one of the um, really cool things, if you guys have never listened before, one of the uh, cool segments that we have on the show is to talk about what God has been showing us lately. Um, what God has been doing in our lives, what he's shown us in our own personal studies. So kind of just talk a little bit about really what we're going through. So Nate, I was kind of just going to go to you first. I know that you and you mentioned on the last time we met together of reading a book that uh, has really been challenging you and uh, really been um, stretching you too, I think, and making you kind of look at your life. You want to kind of tell us a little bit more about uh, that? Yeah, it's called uh, discipline, uh, Godly Disciplines of Men... Uh, something like that. I don't this book is really, really affecting your life. Well, I don't. It's written by somebody, and it's it has a title. Anyway, yes, 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 yes. It's more about what's in the book. Godly disciplines of men. I don't know. Anyway, um, and so each chapter is, is a different specific discipline. And so, do you know the author? No. Um, if I go to my Amazon account, I will. No, I didn't buy it on Amazon. I don't remember. Okay, that's um, fine. And so last week, or or the last time we recorded. Um, one of the, the chapter I, uh, that really stuck out to me was the discipline of friendship and how men, you know, uh, lack friends and how they how they lack meaningful relationships. Um, and so it goes, you know, marriage and, and fatherhood and and uh, and so now it moved into uh, devotion or the the discipline of devotion. And then was it last night or the night before I texted you uh, about um, the discipline of prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the um, the author did a really good job of of kind of spelling out what I had I had been thinking and and kind of what I'd been wrestling through. It's called Disciplines of a Godly Man by R. Kent Hughes. Okay. Um, and so it it talked about you know it's hard it's hard for for people to pray. It, it is it's, it doesn't come natural for us. To, to pray, and it doesn't come natural for us to, to set time aside to pray. And it just, you know, it talked about how, how and Paul talks about this, how to labor with me in prayer, and, and, and these disciplines that you have to basically control your emotions, and you have to have, you know, there's ap, uh, applicable steps, you know, making a prayer list, praying about these specific things. Uh, and, and so how... How that chapter, you know, I texted you, I think I said we need to do a, a month or a podcast or something on prayer mm-hmm. because I think, especially for me, that's one of the that's one of the things in my life that, that's lacking. You know, I, I, enjoy re- I enjoy reading my commentaries. I enjoy reading books like I'm reading. But to sit down and be intentional and, and have a discipline 
of making myself pray, even though I don't want to, um, that, you know, that really hit me hard is, you know, even if I don't want to, I'm called to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and the book even went into, you know, okay, well, if God is sovereign and, and, and knows everything and has planned everything, why should I pray? And, and the author just said, well, the Bible says so, mm-hmm. right? We don't know why I'm called to pray. We don't know, or I don't know, the Bible doesn't, doesn't explain exactly the intricacies of prayer. It just says to pray. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it says you have to be disciplined in prayer, in prayer and we can look at Jesus and, and you know, bleeding blood, sweating blood mm-hmm. while he was praying. Uh, set a good example. So I'm I'm hoping we can do do some something on prayer and we can kind of dig into that. And like I said, it's kind of selfish because I just want to dig into it. Um, that way I can understand it more. And, and I felt convicted, uh, and so I want to I want to be able to. If somebody comes to me and asks me why should I pray, I want to have more tools and information for that person uh, if they come. So long long story short, um, Disciplines of a Godly Man by R. Kent Hughes. Highly, highly recommended. I told you I was like 40 pages in. I think it's probably one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah. Um, and it's still, I mean, it's, it's still hitting me, uh, punching me every time I read it. So, um, yeah, that's that's what God's been showing me. And, and so I, I, I just been, he's been showing me I need to be more intentional uh, with my prayer life and, and more intentional with, with sitting down and being disciplined with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I think, you know, I don't think it's selfish at all that we would do a podcast on prayer because I think that's a discipline that, all of us need to have in our lives, and I think all of us struggle with. So I definitely think that that's something that we could uh, talk about, uh, bring some guests on, you know, people that we know, um, just are prayer warriors. You know, I know that we know people like that and just kind of get their insight on that. And uh, That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, for myself, um, you know, I've been uh, reading a book called Chosen by God by um, R.C. Sproul, the late R.C. Sproul. And um, it's just kind of looking at the doctrine of election and, and uh, you know, different things like that, God's sovereignty. And uh, then on top of that, what I wanted to talk about today was um, I've been going through a, a sermon series by Alistair Begg on his uh, podcast, uh, Truth for Life. And um, he did a four-part series on there called uh, My Times Are in Your Hands. And basically, he's talking about God's providence and... Um, you know, on this podcast, I want us to be um, open and um, genuine. So, you know, it, you know, a lot of people know this already, but uh, my wife and I last week, uh, we went through uh, a miscarriage and uh, it was very difficult for us and um, still is still pretty fresh in our minds. But uh, in that whole process, um, God had used what he had been showing me in both books in God's sovereignty and in that sermon series by Alistair Begg on understanding God's sovereignty and understanding God's providence and understanding that God is always in control. And, you know, I know that we can have a lot of debate and a lot of discussion on that and how much of in control is he and different things like that. But I just want to tell people right now that the doctrine of sovereignty and the doctrine of God's providence is, in my opinion, the most calming doctrine for myself that I could come into. And I know that it's, it's a difficult doctrine for some people to, to grasp. Um, for myself, I'm not a big, um, you know, got to have my freedoms type of guy. I want to be in control, different things like that. For me, I think I know my limitations. I know my weaknesses. I know um, 
how wretched I can be. And for me to understand how God is sovereign, God is, his providence is always there. As Alistair Begg put it, it's what we lay our heads down when we go to bed at night. We don't lay our heads down on our pillows. We lay our heads down on the providence of God, understanding that if it's my time, it's my time. If, if this is going to happen, God has a plan for that. And for me, it's one of those things where you always know, but I think when you go through difficult times and um, you're understanding what's going on, I think it's important to always turn back to that. I know for my wife and I, you know, I told her, you know, we may never know why we had a miscarriage. We may, we may never know exactly what the reason was for it. And I told her that we, won't, we don't have to know the reason. You know, it's one of those things where if we trust in God's sovereignty and we trust in God's providence, then we can rest in knowing that he had a plan and that he is good and going to be good through it all. And we can spend our whole lives just trying to search and figure out why things happen. But I think we're missing the point when we do that. I think the biggest thing is just resting in God and understand, as Alistair Begg said, you know, he cares for us. I mean, if he takes care of the sparrows, the smallest birds, how much more would he take care of you? And that just gives my soul rest. That gives me strength. It gives me hope to hold on to in the midst of trials and the different things that we're going through. So, um, yeah, like I said, Nate, I think we've had lots of discussions on the sovereignty of, of God. And, you know, they've been discussions where it's been, you know, we can be get into debates sometimes. But I think when we get down to it and we understand that God truly is sovereign, it's very comforting at the, at the essence of it. Well, I mean, we yeah, we talk about sovereignty, you know, a ton. Um and what when when we talk about sovereignty, <clears throat> what comes down for me is you know if if God hadn't planned things to happen, if God hadn't planned that miscarriage, mm-hmm. now he's now he's scrambling because yeah the the, the Bible tells us that he works for the, together for the good of those all who, things yeah. all things, mm-hmm. and so you know he would be a God that sees something happen and say oh shoot I have to make something good out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if that's the God you serve, that's the God that, that you're supposed to submit your life to. And he doesn't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. Right. And so if God didn't plan, you know, we've got a friend with, with, with the mom in the hospital right now. Yeah. And if, if, if by the end of this podcast or whenever this podcast comes out, if that, you know, situation goes south, God planned that. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, we don't know why. Yeah. We don't know why COVID hit, and we don't know why people are dying from, from this. But for some reason, and it's super hard to, t- to, to you know, to, to grasp and to admit or to hold on to when you're going through those times. Mm-hmm. But if God didn't plan that, then he's just playing catch-up. Yeah. And there's, 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 no, there's no sense of calmness in a God of chaos mm-hmm. because that's what he'd have to do. He's just, he's just running back and forth trying to make sure – Everything's going well. If I rest in the God, hey, he 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 knew this was happening. He planned this to happen. I don't know why. It's going to glorify him somehow, and I can rest in that. Mm-hmm. That gives me a lot of freedom that that I don't have if I think that God's in charge but not in control. He's in charge of what's going on, but he can't control everything. Mm-hmm. If I believe that, like I said, he's he's just he's just playing catch up. This happened. Okay, now I got to finagle this into this hole i can put this square peg in this round hole yeah there's no point in 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 serving a god that 
that isn't in control. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you talk to people when you have when you have a miscarriage. We've obviously been um, very blessed with the people that have reached out and, and talked to us and prayed for us and different things like that. And then talking to those people, you know, a lot of people in the midst of a miscarriage or something like that, you always wonder to yourself, well, what could I have done different? What could I have done different? And, you know, as I was thinking about that and I was talking to my wife about that and different things, I was like, well, if we think about what could we have done different to prevent this, then, then in that sense that we're saying that we have more control than what God does. And, you know, we have a healthy, and I know you do too, uh, we have healthy little boys at home. And it was nothing that we did mm. to, to have those little boys uh, born and be there. So it's all in God. It's all in God in life, and it's all in God in death. And I know that's hard for us to understand. And as R.C. brings out in his book, you know, with the different, you would think that those would be contradictions in, 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 in the things that have happened in Scripture and different things like that. But they're not. They're not. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's mystery. It's, it's, we don't understand how it works, but it does. And I'd much rather serve a God that is in full control rather than a God that has to wait on me mm-hmm. to do something and then he's going to act. And I think, I think this, the, the idea of trying to figure everything out, you know, I, I, I went through a season of trying to figure out, okay, how is God sovereign? Plus I have free will. How, how do these things come together? And, and when I just stopped and figured and realized that I'm never going to figure this out. And, and this is just where faith comes in, mm-hmm. man, there's a lot of freedom in that too, because now I'm not trying to dissect every little incident. Okay. Well, was that free will or was that God's mm-hmm. sovereignty? You know, could I have done something to prevent that? Could I have done something to change this outcome? Yeah. If I rest in this sovereignty that, that God is in control and has planned everything from the end from the, to the beginning, then I can rest, I can do my job, which yeah. is to go make disciples, mm-hmm. and everything else is up to him. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've spent a lot of time on that, and like I said, we, I think we could talk about that all day, but we wanted to get into, as we started uh, last episode, talking about Advent, and uh, last time we talked about preparation and hope, and uh, awesome, awesome truths that we see all throughout Scripture, and especially during uh, this time of the Christmas season. And, uh, man, there's just been so many good sermons over um, the story uh, of Jesus being born that uh, I was uh, I have been listening to this week. And, uh, you know, there was just a really cool illustration that I saw on Twitter uh, today that was about this. And uh, I don't know if I can find it on here, but uh, it was just really, really a good story and just kind of a good picture of what um, what it looks like to think about Christmas. And I think that that's super important when we do this is to, um, you know, we, we focus on Christmas, Matt or Nate, and we talk about all sorts. I'm sorry, I'm looking for this guy named Matt. Um, but there's just so many different things that we can focus on in Christmas. I want to play this uh, little clip. It's by David Platt. And uh, I think he just put this in a perfect, the message of Christmas. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for us here. Recently, and I was sitting outside a temple with uh, two other guys, actually from different religions. They were talking about how all three of our religions were fundamentally the same, just kind of superficially different. Finally, I just I, I spoke up and I said, it's almost like you guys picture God or whatever you want to call him at the top of a mountain. And we're all at the bottom of a mountain. I may take this path up and you may take this path up, but in the end, we'll all be in the same place. And they smiled and they said, exactly, you understand. I look back at them and said, well, what if I told you that 
the God at the top of the mountain didn't wait for us to find our way up to him. He actually came down to where we are. And they said, well, that would be great. I said, this is the difference. What we find in the Bible is the story of a God who has not left us alone to try to find our way to him. He has come to us and he has made the way to himself through Jesus. I just thought that was a cool little description as uh, mm-hmm. David was talking to two other guys and talking about how kind of we talked about in our, all religions are the same and you know, how all other religions you're trying to get to God and, or whoever they worship. And in the story of Christmas, David puts it in a sense that says, Hey, this is God coming down to us in the form of a child. And as we look at Advent um, with hope and preparation, you know, we hope we, we have hope that Christ is coming again. We place our hope in him. Um, we prepare for his return. And now we can look at joy and peace today and understand that joy and peace are directly who Christ is. And it's in the being of Christ that we find joy and peace. So um, let's just go ahead and start with joy. And I want to read scripture out of Philippians 4, verses 4 to 5. And it says this, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Who's writing this, Nate? This would be Paul. Our buddy Paul. Our buddy Paul. We love Paul. I mean, we... Well, we've been, I mean, we've been, st- I don't want to say stuck with Paul, but we've been, <laughs> we've been, we've been doing a lot, a lot with Paul and yeah, Paul's a, man, we, I think we said it on here. Like, you know, if I could, if I could get half of where Paul was, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, but, we, and then, and we talked about this too. The cool thing about Paul is he was a, he was a fallible man, right? And, and he wasn't, wasn't Jesus that, that is divine and, and, you know, this God incarnate. He was a man. And so we have every opportunity to get to Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but geez, I don't know if we will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you look right there and he's talking about rejoicing and mm-hmm. Paul did not have a whole lot of things to rejoice about in his life. I mean, persecuted, thrown in prison, um, you know, just, you know, kind of alone a little bit. You know, you could think about that in a sense of Paul. I think that maybe that's something we don't mention a lot. You know, he, he was, he had his, he had his followers, but he was always on the move. And you can tell that in his letters to the churches, how he longed to be with different people. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a sense of loneliness that came with Paul. But for him to sit here and say, rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. This man rejoiced, and he could sit there and have the joy of the Lord in his heart for the simple fact that nothing else in his life mattered but his his relationship with his Lord and Savior. Yep, we, we've talked about you know, Paul a ton, and, and the, the ability— to write rejoice in, in all circumstances and, and uh, later on uh, in Philippians uh, he'll, he'll have his famous his famous quote that mm. all the athletes use Philippians yeah. 4.13 you know but if we if we read before Philippians 4.13 which I don't think a whole lot of people do read it in the context read it of what in he's the context saying. and yeah. when he says I have, I have suffered and I have I can I can be content in a little. I can yeah. be content in a lot. I can mm-hmm. be content in jail. I can be content in freedom. I can be content. You know, I can do everything through Christ gives, gives me strength. And so, you know, that's a cool verse that we can put on that that we or our kids can put on their basketball shoes. You know, I can. Christ is helping me here. But yeah, yeah. But if we really put in context what Paul's saying here, he says, you know, 
I don't have to have everything. I don't have to have a basketball team. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have, you know, a house and, and a wife and all this stuff. And I can do all things yeah. through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, because it, it, it's one of those things, which is kind of what we talked about before. You know, joy joy is different than happiness. You know, and that's what that's one thing that I've always said. Um, anytime I discuss joy in, in whether it's a Bible study setting, uh, preaching, whatever it is, I think the th- problem is, is um, us as humans or us in America today, we have mixed up the definitions of joy and happy. And because happiness is something I think a lot of people seek. And happiness, I think we find in all sorts of garbage. We find happiness in, um, you know, our jobs. We can find happiness in our marriages when they're going all right. We can find happiness in sports. We can find happiness in hobbies. We can find happiness in, in music. Um, whatever it may be, we can find happiness in. And the difference I always tell people, the difference between uh, happiness and joy is joy that the Bible talks about is they talk about joy everlasting, joy everlasting. The joy of the Lord is everlasting, which means from for eternity, we can have this joy in our heart that no matter what happens, we can still remain joyful where happiness is so temporal because happiness gets placed in things of not eternal purpose. You know, they, they get placed in other things. And when we find that, we can find ourselves happy for a moment. But then soon as, you know, if we place our happiness in our marriage, then as soon as marriage starts going bad, our joy is robbed. Our happiness is robbed. We t- put it in this, it's taken away. Now we're not happy. But here Paul understands that joy is not something that comes and goes, but joy is something that is everlasting. Well, for Paul, joy was a mindset. Yes. You know, <clears throat> he was stoned. He was put in jail. He was shipwrecked. He was bit by a snake. And and through all, he could he, he, he had joy, right? You know, I'm sure he, as a, as a fallible man, he wasn't happy when he got stoned. I'm sure he wasn't laughing and, like, you know, emotions and that dopamine was not hitting. Yeah. When, when he's getting stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't happy when he got shipwrecked or bitten by a snake or got thrown into prison for the 84th time. Yeah, all sorts right? of times. But he he had the spirit in him, and he had this ability, this mindset of joy that whatever happens, you know, whether in, in plenty or want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and this verse um, in, in Philippians 4, uh, 4 and 5, rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. Right. That joy everlasting, not rejoice in the good times and yeah. then blame God in the bad times or not rejoice when things are going well uh, and then, you know, blame other people when things aren't. Yeah. So this this was a mindset that Paul had and and a mindset that he was he was trying to get to the, to the church of Philippi at the time um, because they were with no doubt experiencing um, trials and experiencing mm-hmm. persecution. And so, you know, when you've got a guy that, that is writing during the time of Nero, we've talked about Nero before, mm-hmm. you know, one of the biggest persecutors of the Christian church during the Roman Empire, if, if you can write, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, let your gentleness be evident to all. Mm-hmm. You're getting persecuted. You're getting crucified. You're getting burned at the stake. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Mm-hmm. And he's writing this 2,000 years ago. You know that's a mindset. That's not a, that's not a fleeting emotion Mm-mm. that Paul has. You know he's not writing this. You know during this, you know, he might be out of jail at the time when he's writing this, but 
he's not writing this as a you know at a high of his life and then yeah. we you know we don't read in in another book where he says oh man everything's going bad mm-hmm. you know where's where's the lord yeah. you know this is a mindset that paul has throughout his ministry and throughout his life uh until until the end when when he's in rome yeah well and it comes back to what we talked about before i think we talked about it in bible study i think but uh and i listened to it in, in the middle of a podcast today by Costi uh, Hinn, which we have asked if he would maybe join our show. I know that's a stretch, but uh, we're, we're, we're trying to branch out. But um, in Costi's podcast, uh, For the Gospel, he brought Randy Alcorn on today, a famous author. Uh, Randy's got some really good books out there, but Randy wrote a book called Eternal Perspective. And um, in, in, in hearing that and talking about that, that eternal perspective is where joy is found. Because like you said there right at the end, for the Lord is near. That's what drove Paul. That's what drove Paul. He could have joy in every situation because he knew that the Lord was near. And we should have that same joy because the Lord is nearer now than what he was back then. Because, you know, this is 2,000 years later. And we can sit here and find that joy because we understand that the Lord is near and that we can live our lives with much anticipation for that coming and um, that return of Christ. Yeah, I think uh, Chris Raber brought up a really good point that I never really thought about before. <clears throat> but if you look at at all the steps that has to have that has to happen mm-hmm. laid down in Revelation uh, before the second coming of Christ, the the last one, the very last one is is uh, Israel becoming a nation, mm-hmm. and that happened in forty seven forty eight. And so nothing else has to happen, mm-hmm. right? And so if, if we're living in 1920, you know, the Lord's not coming because Israel's not, not a nation. That prophecy hadn't been filled. That prophecy hadn't been filled. But now we're, what, 70 years past mm-hmm. Israel? And so if Paul can write this yeah, 2,000 years ago. Because they honestly didn't know when Christ was going to return. They thought it could be well, sooner than later. And that's, that's one of the reasons um, that he writes in... Corinthians, where he talks about divorce, mm-hmm. uh, he he talks. He says, you know, it, it'd be better for you to stay unmarried or to stay, you know, yeah. single like me. And, and there's a lot of people that think that he um, he was actually a widower, and after his wife died, he he decided not to get remarried so mm-hmm. he could spend full time in ministry because he thought Jesus was coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he is. I mean, he is all out. Yeah. two thousand years ago where or why, where has that fire gone? Exactly. Um, in our lives, and, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, you know, I don't look every day for the coming of Christ. I don't mm-hmm. I don't wake up in the morning thinking, man, come, Lord. Yeah. You know, I get up in the morning and think, oh, i got to go to school. i got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to mm-hmm. do this. We're, you know, the famous Chris Ravers, the line, we're, it's just got spinning. Yeah. We're, we're just spinning our tires, chasing stuff that doesn't matter. Uh, and, and we have lost the fire that, that Paul had here. Rejoice. There's trial. There's persecution. Rejoice, for the Lord is near. Yeah, and this is not just a Paul message. I mean, this is this is a message throughout the Bible. We can go into James uh, chapter 1, and it says, you know, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Okay, so you're telling me, Josh, that... I have to have joy even in the midst of my trials. I'm not telling you that. That's what the Bible's talking about. And I know that that seems very difficult to do right now if you're going through a trial, but joy is not something that comes and goes. And joy is something that you can have in the midst of trials 
and make that joy in the midst of trials is such a witness to Christ and, and what he's done in our lives that we can share that with others because guess what? That's what stands out mm-hmm. from the world. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, hopefully we can get him on the show sometime. Heath Nepp, um, I was telling him kind of about what uh, we're going through right now, my wife and I, and he looked at me and he said, Josh, how do people ever get through stuff like that that don't have faith? And I said, they, they don't. You mean they bottle it up or they or they uh, find a bottle to take it away and lash out. lash out and just live in anger and different things like that? But I said, that's why in the midst of our trials, we need to live with so much joy that people look at us and say, that's different. That doesn't make sense. What is that? Well, it's nothing that Josh is doing. It's nothing that Melinda's doing. It's 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 our Lord living through us. It's that living hope that we have in Christ, that the joy that fills our hearts is not our earthly circumstances, but it's our eternal destination that fills that joy. I got a good example uh, of that. In high school, <coughs> a kid uh, was in a mo- moped accident and died. Uh, and the kid wasn't a believer, and, and the school let us out, and we went to the funeral. And I just remember sitting at that funeral, just and it just felt... It just felt dark, right? Yeah. There, there just wasn't, there wasn't joy there. There mm-hmm. was, there was no sense of, you know, hey, you know, he was, he was a believer. He saved, you know, like many, many uh, funerals we've had at Providence. You know, there's, there's an atmosphere of kind of joy, of, yeah. of celebration. Yeah. You know, whether it's an old person or a young person, there's a joy of celebration because, you know, we can look at that, f- the fruit of that person's life and say, you know. According to the scriptures, that person yeah, saved, and, absolutely. and so there's there's joy there. But mm-hmm. I remember going to this kid's funeral, and it was just it was just just I just remember it just feeling so dark, dark, heavy. And mm-hmm. and you know how do you how do you get through a funeral like that, especially a young kid? The yeah. kid was like seventeen. How do you get through that? And and ask yourself, okay, why did this happen? And how do you answer that? Yeah. How do you answer that that question of? Why did this happen? What's next? You know, what? Where is that person's soul now? Mm-hmm. There's just so many questions that can't be answered if you don't look in the Bible where the the truth is found. Yeah. Well, and and, and, and you know, in, let's apply it to what's going on right now. You know, I hear I hear people all the time. COVID has just robbed me of my joy. Mm-hmm. Why? Nothing's changed up in heaven. Your your earthly circumstances have changed, but your eternal destination hasn't, mm-hmm. and it won't. You know, what I mean, if you're in Christ, I mean, He tells us that that you know that's security. You know, He holds on to us. No one can pluck Him from His hand. You know, no 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 disease, no uh, powers of hell, no schemes of man can ever separate us from the love of God. So if if we're so focused on that, then you know, not even COVID should be able to separate us and, and steal our joy. Well, because, you know, if, if COVID has stole our joy, then, then our joy has been placed in the wrong thing. Exactly. Right? And so if and my that becomes joy, happiness. If my joy is placed in going to church, yeah, and then church gets taken away, yeah, my joy's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. where was my joy in the first place? The, the Bible doesn't say, you know, place your joy in church. Re- rejoice again. You know, the church is near. Rejoice in the church always. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it doesn't say that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, obviously we're called to go to church and and gather with the saints, but if we place our our joy in those idols of of church, of sports, of 
family of yeah. relationships, you know, even if, you know, if a loved one dies and it's robbing of my joy, well, that means my joy was placed in that person. Yeah, exactly. And not in, in my Lord. Yeah, exactly. And then we just, we move on from joy into peace. Um, you know, peace is a, uh, is, is a, is an obvious, uh, is a word that we hear a lot. Um, I don't know about you, but whenever I hear, uh, peace, I always think about, um, I can't even believe I'm quoting this movie on, on our podcast, but have you ever seen, uh, Miss Congeniality with, uh, Sandra Sandra Bullock, I think. Is that the one with Lindsay Lohan? No, no, this is, you're way off. I think you're you're older than I am. That's true. I think it's Sandra Bullock, Miss Congeniality. Um, she's an undercover cop, but she goes, she joins the, uh, Miss World pageant and all this, you know, and, uh, where are we going with this? Well, just listen. Okay. So the, every time I hear peace, I think about when they always ask, uh, the ladies that join these pageants is like, what do you want? And what do they always say? World peace, world peace, world peace. and world, world hunger. Peace. Yes. Yes. They all want world peace. And, uh, I just always think of peace when I think I hear the word peace, I always think, uh, you know, world peace, world peace. We just want world peace. Um, but this piece that we're talking about here, uh, we're going to read out of 2 Thessalonians 3.16 is the Advent verse for this particular topic. And it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. In every way, the Lord be with you all. So the Lord gives peace. But what is that peace, Nate? Is that peace just like, I mean, so let's just talk about what is peace? What is peace? In my opinion, peace is is just an ease of, of, of your mind. It's just an ease of mind. You know what I mean? I think peace, I think of peace, and I think ease of mind. When I make kid my, my sixth and seventh graders define a word or what I'm asking, I, I oftentimes make them come up with a, a syn, synonym, no, antonym, antonym, opposite. Antonym, opposite, yes. Of he teaches history, folks, not yeah, English. Not English. Um, I, and I just say opposite because they make fun of how I say <laughs> antonym. Um, you know, an opposite word of what the word we're yeah. talking about. So when I think of peace, a, a good way to put that in my mindset, the opposite of peace is fear. Ooh, yeah. Right? And so mm-hmm. if we fear, you know, the, the, the Lord gives us this relief from fear. Yeah. And we've got a lot of things to fear. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot. Last night I had a sick kid with a earache and yeah. a fever, and, and there was a lot of fear there, right? Absolutely. Should, should we take him in? Should we not? What's wrong with him? There's fear there, right? Yeah. But like we said, if we've got a mindset of peace – that the Lord gives us, you know, again, back to that sovereignty. We've got peace. Mm-hmm. We, 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 there's no reason to fear if God has, has everything in our hands. So if we uh, have that have that unexplainable peace, mm-hmm. right, that, that like we talked about, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Every, every The world could be burning down, and if you've got that mindset of peace, mm-hmm. if, the, if the world stops because of a worldwide pandemic <laughs> and you've got peace, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't that exactly. doesn't make sense to a non-believer. Why are you okay with this? Why? Are, how are you? How are you coping with this? Mm-hmm. You know, I lost my job. My kids are at home. I can't go anywhere. I'm I'm freaking out. How yeah. are you? And and like you said, that's that's a, that is an extreme witness. But then, unfortunately, we had you know, we had people in the church that weren't that weren't living in that mindset of peace. They're, mm-hmm. They were living in that mindset of fear, and and then you've got bickering among. Should we go to church? Should we not go to church? Yeah. And, and I don't think I don't think the church did a very good job at all um, exhibiting 
this this mindset of peace during during COVID. You're speaking to church in general. As church, yes. not problems. Not problems. Yes, yes. Just in general. Yes. The no. American church, the the, yeah. the the mainline church, yeah. evangelical church. Absolutely. And and when you think of peace, like you said, I always think ease of mind. I always think about my most. If I want to be just in the most peaceful moments, I think of myself on the beach, here in the ocean waves, and it's just. It's for me, I can just go, and it's just like the weight is lifted off of my shoulders. So peace, I, I remember I remember several years ago when I was preaching here at Providence, um, we were going through Advent, and I got the topic of peace in my in my sermon. And I remember preaching, and, and so many times when I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit is just moving, and not because of me, but the Holy Spirit's moving in me and just showing me different things that's going on. And I happen to turn around and point to the cross, and on the cross, there was a wreath, and it said, peace on earth. Peace on earth. So I thought, what in the world? And I thought, you know what? Peace isn't something that I can grasp. Peace on earth means peace entered the world in the form of Christ. Christ is my peace. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm going to look at what's going on here, even in my most peaceful moments, where the ocean is just crashing in the waves and, you know, it's just, it just feels really, really just peaceful at that moment. <laughs> at any moment you could hear some kid yell cannonball or, you know, the, the, a seagull poops on you or something. I don't know, you know, just all sorts of different things can happen and that moment is ruined and you're no longer in peace. But peace in Christ is that peace of understanding and whatever's going on in my life, Christ is he remains the same. Mm-hmm. He remains the same. His truths always ring true. His death on the cross is still there. My eternal destiny is still set. And Nate, in the midst of everything going on, if I just turn back and, and focus on that, you know what I can do? <sighs> peace of mind. Yeah. And and I think, you know, this peace, there's a reason it's, it's the last Sunday of Advent because it's the last title given to this the Emmanuel, this, this mm-hmm. Messiah coming mm-hmm. in, in Isaiah 9, uh, 9, 6. For us, a child is born. For us, a son is given. Uh, the, the government shall be on his shoulders. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Prince Peace. of Peace. Yeah, Prince of Peace. Because he's the one that ushers in that peace. You know, and, and that's another thing too, Nate. So we talk about... Um, we talked, we're back on Paul. I feel like we just hit Paul all the time. But um, we were talking last week when we were, two weeks ago, I think it was, when we were talking about Paul in, in Romans. And we were talking about Paul was kind of sharing his journey of how he came to faith. And everybody knows that story. You know, he's on the road to Damascus, all this different stuff. And Paul was a very religious person. I think that's what some people forget about a lot of times. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very religious person, a zealot of all zealots, a Pharisee of Pharisees, like he, Hebrew of Hebrews, like he knew the law and he was obeying the law and all these different things. And then when he received this, this salvation basically from, from God through Christ, I think Paul looking back was like, it's no longer about what I can do or what I have to do, but it's about what's been done. And imagine the peace in that. Well, we've talked about, you know, the works-based gospel where you've got to check everything off. You've got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. Your salvation is in your hands. And that's how Paul was living his life. 
you know, he was he was in the he was in the Word. He was in the Old Testament, in the Levitical law, trying to do everything right. He was trying to, um, you know, do all the do all the necessary things: sacrifice, wash his hands, you know, yeah. do, do all the celebrations. But where's the peace in that? When you live like that, man. Because if you miss one, mm-hmm. right? If you miss one, oh man, I missed one. Ugh. Am I saved now? Am it's, I? You know, if I if I didn't read my Bible this morning, oh geez, oh, yeah. You know, I got to double up tomorrow to, in order, yeah. and then at, at midnight my salvation starts again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not peace. That's that is that's the opposite of peace. That's I mean, that's fear. Yeah, that has to be fear because if I if I didn't read my Bible today, I got to read my Bible before I get my car, or I'll get hit on the road and and, and go to hell because I didn't read my Bible. Yeah, right. And so that I mean, you're living in fear, and mm-hmm. and if there's anything the Bible tells us not to do. It's living that fear. Yeah, and I think that's a good point I was going to bring up is, you know, one of the, you know, people always ask like, oh, you know, what's a good thing to do? I think the good thing to do to help with peace is to, first off, get up early and go read your Bible. Because when you read your Bible, anytime, you don't have to get up early in the morning. It's good for me to do because it just starts my day with that peace. You know, we talk about meditation and all that stuff. I mean, you could do yoga and all that other jazz or whatever, you know, try to get in tune with the spirits or whatever, but whatever that is, you know, they try to talk about getting peace of mind there. Reading your Bible gives you peace of mind because you read the scriptures and all it is talking about is first off how bad, how bad we are. And then you can look at this and say, look what Christ did though. And now I have peace because of that. Yeah. And, and going to one of the things that I want to mention um, when I was in our opening segment was, you know, the, the authors of the, the book where um, the discipline of prayer that I was going through with that chapter, it said there's no perfect time to read your Bible. There's no perfect mm, time. Yeah. You know, yeah. some people morning, some people, you know, evening, whatever. But he said if we're going to look to Christ as, a, as our guide to mold our life, uh, Mark 135, very early in the morning while it's still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so he didn't. He, you know, the author said, you know, it's not. It doesn't make it wrong or sin if you don't. If you don't get up in the morning and and pray or read your Bible, you can find a different time. But he said, if we're if we're going to make Christ the guide of our life, if we're going to make Christ the the model of our life, this is a this is a way that we can model Christ. And and ever since I started doing this, probably two years ago, um, you know, it it, it has changed the the outlook and it's giving me that peace in the morning you know if you if you get up even it like right now even i'm reading exodus yeah right and and there's that's where the law comes in yeah so there's not a whole lot of you know Mo- moses doesn't write a whole lot about peace mm-hmm. but there's still applicable things that i can take from the law of moses absolutely and from from exodus that i can apply to my life where you know if i read my bible at night or you know some other time I can't apply that right away. Yeah. And, and for me, like I said, there's no wrong or right time to pray. But for me in the morning, getting up before, you know, getting up early, taking a shower, and, and going and doing that, then it gives me time to apply what I've, what I've learned, what I've read at school, at church, at wherever I'm going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's another plug. And, and like I said, for the last two years, I've been trying to get people into, into the habit of, you know, when they say, well, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Well, get up 15 minutes early. Oh, yeah. Right? It it's, takes no time. It's not that hard. Get up yeah. 15 minutes early. 
that's one, and again, that's one discipline. Yeah, it's a discipline. You have to do, right? Yeah. It's not it's not a thing that I would choose yeah. uh, to do because, you know, getting up 15 minutes early is not something that I enjoy for, you mm-hmm. know, just for fun. But it's a discipline. It's something that you have to train your body for uh, and train your soul for to be able to fulfill what I'm called to do, which is read the, read the Bible. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you find joy and you find peace in God's word. Uh And when you read God's word, you're going to find those two things. But Nate, we're getting close to our usually 45 minute segment time. We want to try to keep it under that. So, um, you know, we just want to just thank everybody for um, listening today. And, uh, you know, just enjoy doing this podcast. And uh, we will see you guys on our next episode as we kind of finish up this Advent series and uh, dig into more awesome topics here at the PMC Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and God bless.